Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasting from beautiful, sunny Southern California. I know a lot of you are listening to us throughout the country, frankly, throughout the world. Uh, But um, Jason Stewart, how would you describe today's weather, if you would? Uh, Gorgeous. It's, you know, it's. There's a breeze, which I love, but it's bright and sunny on my end of town anyway. <laughs> there's, a, there's a breeze. It is 65 on its way, Super Bowl week, to being 80 degrees. Oh, is it a spectacular. So come out and see us, if you will. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Next week, of course, we're going to be broadcasting live from the L.A. Convention Center, which I believe is Radio Row. That's right next to L.A. Live, and we will have football guy after football guy, star after star, and we'll probably... I would guess we'll probably still on some level be talking about the story of the day, which continues to evolve a little bit. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines for World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, and Pennsylvania to play a gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. All right, so this broke yesterday during the show. Hey, during the show yesterday, this broke, where Brian Flores is suing the National Football League. There's a lot of layers to this thing. And I, and I continue to believe that the kind of salacious layer which gets everybody's attention probably has the least resonance in terms of actual lawsuit and the league, um, even, if, even if it's interesting. But that's the part that seems to intrigue the media, and maybe many of the masses. I'm, I'm not sure. So Brian Flores, after the lawsuit yesterday, now he's come out and he's doing a, me- a media tour. And we've seen him on CBS this morning with uh, a former NFL player, Nate Burleson, of course, is one of the hosts now. Seen him on Get Up on ESPN. All right, so here's uh, Brian Flores on CBS this morning talking about uh, how he felt during this interview cycle. It was a range of emotions, humiliation, humiliation. Uh disbelief, um, anger. You know, I've worked so hard to get to, to where I am from a, uh, in football to become a head coach. Put 18 years in, in this league, and it was uh, to go on at what was going to be a what, what felt like or what was a sham interview. I was, uh, I was hurt. So he's talking about the New York Giants interview, and he is hurt by it. Uh, here's Flores talking about taking a stand and what he feels like is making a sacrifice. I absolutely want to coach in this league, but I also know that I'm not the only story here. You know, there are people who have come before me, and, 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 and I know there are others who, who, have a, who have similar stories, and it's hard to speak out. It is. You know, yeah. you're giving up. You're making some sacrifices, but this is, again, this is bigger than football. This is bigger than coaching. All right, Flores talked about the reason he filed this lawsuit. We didn't have to file a lawsuit for, for the world to know that there's a problem from a, from a hiring standpoint in regards to minority coaches in the National Football League. The numbers speak for themselves. Uh, we filed the lawsuit so that we could create some change, and that's important to me. I think we're at a fork in the road right now. You know, we're either going to keep it the way it is mm-hmm. or we're going to go in another direction and actually make some real change where we're actually changing the hearts and minds of those who make decisions to hire head coaches, 
executives, et cetera. Um, okay. Can, can, we, can we have a real discussion about this? Uh, one of the big pushes, and rightfully so, has been about hiring African-American general managers. The Vikings have, the, Cowboy, the, the, the Bears already have. Okay, Bears are a historic organization, and they hired Ryan Poles, who played for them for a short period of time, comes from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, 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 I completely understand if you look at it, here's, here's what it's like. And what I want to do is I want to have kind of a little bit of open discussion. I don't actually think there's a ton of merit in terms of legal merit to what he's saying. I, I just don't. And, and we can kind of go through, right? We, we can kind of, like the idea that, well, it was a sham interview, like, okay, like maybe they decided on Brian Dable previously, and maybe they violated the spirit of the Rooney rule. But the fact is that, look, GMs have the right to choose who they want to choose. Right? I mean, look, Ryan Poles took the, the Bears job. He hired Ryan Ever- Everflus from the Indianapolis Colts. Okay? He, whoever he interviewed, that was his choice. It may have been his choice before he got it. There's always going to be jobs in the real world where you go and you interview for a job and they tell you, like, yeah, you're not getting that job. Hey, but the, the idea that, I mean, he, he goes after the Denver Broncos for looking disheveled and looking like they were hung over. And the Broncos, of course, fired back with the, Hey, we got all the notes. It was an interview that started at eight and ended at one. Right? It was long, by the way, like it should be pointed out. The Broncos were looking for a new coach after having an African-American head coach. Vance Joseph was their head coach for two years. They, they, they let him go. It's very hard. It doesn't mean that what he's saying doesn't have some merit. I'm not saying that what he's saying, that there needs to be a greater balance. No one's ever said that. But trying to say that it's racism and racial discriminatory practice and that each of these things he's pointing out is, in fact, racism in the court of law, really hard to prove. And the change that I think you'll see is, do I think you'll see more black coaches? Of course you will. One of the, one of the things that like no one does, and I'll do it for you right now, they'll point out, hey, the Pac-12 in basketball doesn't have any black coaches. And it looks, on, on optics, it looks bad. Right? But it should be pointed out that Arizona State, prior, prior previous to Bobby Hurley and Herb Sendick, I believe they had three black head coaches. Don Newman was the interim head coach. Uh, in addition to uh, having having two black coaches besides that. Um, Ernie Kent was the last head coach at Oregon before Dana Altman, and then he was the last head coach at Washington State before Kyle Smith. Right? Lorenzo Romar was the head coach at Washington before being let go for uh, Mike Hopkins taking over. You know, Cal's last head coach was, was black. Uh, Stanford's last head coach was black. USC's, they've had several black head coaches, including Henry Bibby and George Raveling. Right? So uh, Colorado, um, Ricardo Patton was the last, I believe he was the last head coach right, before the current head coach. So it's like you're, you're going through this, and, and again, on paper, those things look bad. 
But the reality is that we have had a great influx at times of black head coaches in college basketball, Pac-12, I was using specifically, and in the National Football League. We're just in a current cycle in which there hasn't been enough hires made. And claiming racism is, it's one of those things, it's such a strong claim, and it's really hard to push back against. It's just as hard to disprove as it is to prove. I don't even think that's the smoking gun in this. I don't think he has a ton of legitimacy. Does that mean that there haven't been, I'm not going to argue that there haven't been interviews that have only been conducted to satisfy the Rooney rule? Of course. Of course. And that's not the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is to create inroads for somebody who isn't normally considered, hasn't had a longstanding relationship. And if you remember, go back to last year, this time, or a year and a half, uh, two years ago, really, this time, there was a push for draft picks to be rewarded based upon who was elevated and and who, who you hired in the front office or as head coach, and there was major pushback against it. So it's not that people don't realize that there needs to be more faces of color on the sidelines. It's just the idea of, wait, you have the NFL trying to push for different ways in which to create, for lack of a better word, affirmative action. And Brian Flores is sitting there going like, hey, the only reason all this stuff happened to me is because I'm black. Like, that, like, Here's the problem. Your GM, your assistant GM, your director of player personnel, they're all black in, in Miami. And it was you against them. H- help me out. Okay. Brian Flores feels like the scorned coach who wants to burn everything to the ground. And then on one hand, he's like, I'd still like to coach again. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Because if he's, it it does feel like a little bit of a no win. If the Saints hire him instead of Dennis Allen. The Saints hire him instead of Dennis Allen. You know, like we just, then... Is the narrative he got the job so he'd stop suing the NFL? (laughs) Right? I mean, like, look, it was Brian Dable not qualified for the job. You tell me. In order to save the New York Giants, right, or to save the New York Giants, uh, their new general manager comes from Buffalo, where they've seen Josh Allen take leaps and bounds and become one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. And the man who gets a ton of credit for it is Brian Dable. And to save the New York Giants, they need, to, they need, they need Danny Dimes to be Danny Dimes. It doesn't make sense. And, and I'm not, and if your interview was a sham interview, can the same be said of Leslie Frazier of the Buffalo Bills, who was also interviewed? Can the same be said for Dan Quinn, who was also interviewed? Right? Like, those claims, though voracious, though they, they grab headlines, do they really have merit in the court of law, or do they really stand up when you actually stop and take a breath and look at it? Right? I, I, I know what happens when I say these things is somebody who agrees with Brian Flores, who doesn't really know the biz, says, you're a racist and you're wrong. I'm not, and I'm not wrong. Again, it doesn't mean that there haven't been hires that make you scratch your head. Fires, when Brian Flores was was fired, that was a stunner to me. But then you start to talk to people and you start to get, you're like, oh, there was a huge rift there. But I, 
I find this. To, I think I think the smoking gun is under the tanking thing, which, by the way, is it is it really a surprise? The hard part with the tanking is even if you knew it was going to happen, was there actually an offer? Is there a text? Is there an email? Is there a voice message? Was it a joke? I don't know. But I think the claims of racism and racial discrimination, those ones to me, though though there needs to be an evening of the playing field, I, I, I think their claims that don't seem to have legal merit. And they come across, especially in this suit, which is supposed to be about racial discrimination. Then you go and look at what he's making claims about the Miami Dolphins, and you're like, that has nothing to do with his race. That just has to do with how he felt, how he was made to feel. Or just being mad about being fired. Byer, what do you think? When you, now, now that you've heard, you've read, this happened mid-show yesterday. It was really hard, right? Like, when these things come out mid-show, it's really, really hard. What do you think? Well, I, I think that the the reason for the lawsuit is is what you said, and I believe it's it's what you said of bringing more out than what we know. I know that we can... Uh, I don't want to say cherry pick certain things of saying this or that, but I, I do think that it's an issue, and I do think that Brian Flores felt that this was maybe the best way to address the issue because the Rooney Rule, again, and I said this yesterday, its intent was was great at the beginning, but now it just seems like there's this way around around doing it, and every team can always say, "Well, we had our guy in mind," but. Is you know are you really then vetting your best candidates if you're always just choosing, you know the guy that you had in mind? Is that really casting the net? Is that allowing other opportunities for people? And and I don't think it is. And I think that I do think in in his instances of I, I don't know if that was true with what happened with Denver or not because the Broncos ended up you know saying their own side of the story. But I do believe that there are sham interviews, and I think that's one of the things that Brian Flores wants to clear up. There's no question. No, no question there are sham interviews. I would tell you this about a sham interview. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. You want to sham interview me for a coaching job, I'll do it. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. And I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've done interviews for different jobs, which I walked out and got a text or an email like, you did great. You have no shot at the job. Like, why did I do it? Because you never know who that person knows. That's the whole idea behind it. People have the wrong concept in mind. And I know for a fact that Brian Flores, one of the reasons he got his job in Miami was how well he conducted and purported himself during his interviews the year before. He was a linebacker coach with, with, with the Patriots. There were a couple of jobs open. He interviewed for them. Okay? He interviewed for them, including the Denver Broncos, right? And people walked away going like, man, he might not be ready, but that's a guy that's got to be a head coach. And then his defense was very good, and Bill Belichick picked up the phone, and he got the job with the Miami Dolphins. That's how it actually works. That's how business works. Okay, You have a lot of people who are commenting on things that are completely lost in business is about relationships. It just is. How many times have you been told, okay, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. That's just a different way. It's, I've been telling you this for months Every sport, you're in the people business. The reason you go to the combine is not to watch guys run in their shorts. It's because 
You go and have a beer with somebody from a different organization you never have a beer with. The same reason that basketball coaches go to the Final Four for the coaches' convention. They don't go to watch the games. They go to run, in, they go to run into a coach, get to know him. Same thing happens at AAU events. You sit next to a guy. You become friends with him. You're like, I got to hire. That, that, that happened to that, a, a, a very good friend of mine, Kim English, who's the head coach of George Mason. He was at an AAU event. Okay, and for a, I, I believe for the University of Tulsa taking notes, and Tad Boyle watched him, and Tad Boyle was like, I got to have you on my staff. Look what happens. You get in a room with people you've never been in a room with before. And you might not get that job, but everyone knows everyone knows somebody else. It's the seven, six degrees of, of, of separation. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I would say that Brian Flores' point, though, is I've, and I'm not saying him, but for any African American candidate or, right. you know, black coach to do it, six times or seven times I get of wanting to get that opportunity to interview to be able to be on a stage where I haven't been before but I do think that he feels now is a time where now it's just maybe guys are being interviewed for their fifth and sixth and seventh times just to check off the box because there are common names that we hear a lot oh so-and-so is going in for an interview and really never are interested as being a, a finalist or the teams aren't interested and I think that's his point it's it's not about maybe the quarterback's coach but, but, getting but an that, opportunity. But is, that, but is that based on race? Right? There's well, plenty of guys like Dan Quinn. I think he pulled out because he's like, I'm not getting it. Has nothing to do with the fact that you're black, you're white. Brian Flores is toxic right now. He was toxic before. Now he's now he's like uh, Chernobyl. Uh, he just is. But he was toxic because of whatever happened between the relationship and him and Chris Greer. Him and everybody in that organization. That's how, how he treated Tua Tagovailoa. And it doesn't mean he's wrong about how he feels about Tua Tagovailoa, but it's the perception of it as much as the reality. Right? Like, I mean, have you ever seen a quarterback who is a first-round draft pick being taken out of the game in the fourth quarter? Have you ever seen that? No, that the, the, that whole situation no! is tough. Why are we? Okay, but, but, like, Nate Burleson's an NFL guy, and the whole interview was... Well, we know this exists, and we don't. Like, wait a second. Let's actually talk about the, the facts and the details do, in fact, matter. What was your relationship like with Chris Greer? Do you feel like that Chris Greer, do you feel like Chris, the, this was uh, about a personality conflict between you and Chris? You know, I, I understand what he's saying. By the way, like the tanking stuff, and again, the tanking stuff is the smoking gun in this. It is because there's a, uh, because of, the, the, again, the spirit of what you're supposed to be putting out there. We've always had fun with tanking. It's happened. We believe in basketball. And in basketball, it's just as simple as play your younger guys and they can't win. Right? We've seen about, like, I, I, was, I have a friend who's in the NBA who they're playing against the Mavericks a couple years ago when the Mavericks tanked to get Luka. And he's like, bro, check out who they played in the fourth quarter. And I go and look and it's like, I've never heard of half these guys. You're like, you're right, because they were trying to lose the game. So let's not act like tanking doesn't happen. I'm not saying, and there's nobody saying, that the number of black coaches is in any way indicative of what anybody wants. I, I still believe, like, it's like Byron Leftwich. Like, Byron Leftwich would have the Jacksonville job already, but he wanted his own GM, and he may get it. Or he may get the Tampa job. Or Todd Bowles may get the Tampa job. Right? But it's a, it's a gigantic leap to go from I got fired to I got fired because I'm black. Or I, 
uh, only interviewed or I only interviewed because I was black. Like it's a it's a really it's it's damning allegations which are salacious which makes look and I get I get the f you Gottlieb on Twitter like okay I, I'm just telling you the reality of it. Talk to a lawyer. This is a mess of a it's a it's a uh, what's it called when they have the class action lawsuit that to this point no one else has joined in. But it's also a class action lawsuit, which is talking about racial discrimination. But there's all this other gullibaloo that, though damning, like tanking games, like bumping into Tom Brady and, 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 and trying to create a relationship there to get him to come. To the, th- those are really interesting tampering charges. They don't have anything to do with racism or racial discrimination. All right, we'll get to more of this. We'll have uh, more discussion on it. With the perspective of a writer who covers the NFL, upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get to Ben Volan from the Boston Globe. He joins us. He covers the entire National Football League. Uh, ben, uh, Let's start with the Brian Flores, Brian Flores thing. Um, I I feel like the more damning part is the tanking. I feel like the the racial discrimination, while that gets the headlines and gets them on the news cycle, it it seems really hard to prove. And there's some holes in some of the accusations, but the tanking thing seems to be a bigger deal. Am I wrong? Uh, I, I would give them equal weight as far as being headaches for the NFL. And look, I'm not a legal mind. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, uh, the legal merits of, of Brian Flores' case. I, I have spoken to a, a couple of attorneys who, who do think he, he does have a, a big uphill battle to, to win some of these lawsuits. But, you know, maybe the, the pressure of, of the story is enough, Doug, to, uh, to get to the settle? NFL to settle. You know? yeah. um, no, I, 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 think, I, think that's, I think that's what happens here. They pay him to go away, and he never. But but, how does he intend to ever coach again? So that's a good question. But I, I don't I, look. I, it's going to be tough for him to come back to the NFL. No question. Uh, you, you don't sue the league, and, and usually doesn't end up too well for you, Doug. But first of all, like look at some of the reaction from the players. I've noticed guys like Nate Solder and Devin McCourty coming out and and saying how much they respect and support. Brian Flores, and um, I don't know what player wouldn't want to play for that guy right now when they see how he handled his owner with the tanking and how he's putting everything on the line right now with this lawsuit. I think players would line up to play for this guy, and so if you're a smart coach, maybe consider that. that You know, you want to talk about a leader of an organization that someone's going to follow. I think Flores is 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 gaining a lot of followers right now. So uh, I, I think it might be a little premature to say that this is going to end his career. And and look, I mean, Roger Goodell, I don't think, loves being known as the guy who, you know, ran the league when they blackballed Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if they want to be known as the league that blackballed Brian Flores either. So maybe something happens down the line. Look, uh, suing the league is, is obviously, you know, Brian Flores is, is well aware that he might be ending his career, but 
I, I do see players kind of like really being impressed with him, and so maybe maybe this isn't the end of his career. Who knows? Look, I've I've I'm and I'm, I'm full disclosure. I've always been impressed with him. I to help. I had no idea about the dysfunction in Miami. I've noticed that Tua Tungavailoa hasn't come out and said, "No, he's a great guy. He's the best." Um, okay, so uh, help me help me out with some of these other jobs. Um, how much pressure does it put on the Minnesotas, on the New Orleanses, on the Jacksonvilles, maybe Tampa if Bruce Arians retires, although that one feels like it's Todd Bowles if Bruce Arians or, or a Byron Leftwich if, if a Todd Bowles retire. How much pressure does it put on the current opening, open jobs to hire a black head coach? Yeah, I, I got to think that if you know, Roger Goodell is probably leaning pretty hard right now on the Saints owner, on the Texans owner, please, please. This is such a bad look. We need more minority head coaches. We need more black head coaches. We'll, we'll take care of you if you just do this for us. Um, you got to think Goodell is, is, and the league office is probably leaning on some of these owners because it's a terrible, terrible look for a league with 70% black players to have one current black coach. And, and there's, there's four vacancies that have been filled all by white guys, five to go. Sound, sounds like Harbaugh might have the Vikings job. You know, who knows? But there's there's really got to be at least one or two more. I mean, there were more black head coaches when they instituted the Rooney rule back in like 2002 or 2003 than there are right now in the NFL. So they, they've really um, they've gone backwards. And the owners, you know, you can have the Rooney rule, but the owners just are not really paying attention to it and just paying it lip service. And so I can understand Flores being really upset, you know, when, when he feels like he gets a sham interview with the Giants or what have you. The whole thing is degrading and, and embarrassing, but uh, uh, the, the NFL badly needs better representation, more diversity among heads coaches. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Trail. That's the voice of, of Ben Volen. Um, okay, let, let's get to last weekend. Have you been able to determine what the heck happened to Pat Mahomes? Because that's probably the worst we've seen him play in that big spot. Didn't play well last year in the Super Bowl, but he was under such duress with, with you know, all, all new offensive linemen. Why do you have, – have you figured out what the heck happened to him after halftime? Too much hero ball, Doug, right? I mean, how, how many times did he do, like, the Fran Tarkenton, like, triple back upon himself and run around and try to make big plays? It, it, you know, it's like once they didn't get that touchdown at the end of the first half, they went into a total funk. And give the Bengals a lot of credit for adjusting. You know, I read a lot about how they went to – they dropped eight into coverage and they only rushed three, and, and that, that seemed to improve their pass rush. They got Mahomes – they sacked him four times in the second half, and none of them were on, you know, blitzes. It was just on three-man rushes for the most part. Um, so too much hero ball from, from Mahomes. And, you know, it's like we, we saw it earlier in the year where instead of taking the easy throw, he's got to do like the dipsy do dunkaroo kind of stuff and changing the arm angles and all that. And it just it caught up to them this time. And he looked so shaky by the end of that game. In overtime, what did he throw? His last two passes were almost each almost picked off. One of them could have been a, a pick six. He just looked like a puddle at the end of that game. Um, so I, I think you give the Bengals a lot of credit and kind of the same issues that were cropping up with the Chiefs earlier earlier in the year. If you just drop your coverage, make them take the, the short, simple stuff, Mahomes and the Chiefs don't really seem to want to do that. Ben Volan joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I don't think he was solely responsible for losing the 10-point lead, but he doesn't exactly breed a ton of 
of confidence. He didn't. His offensive line didn't play well. He wants to go to a winning team. Is that even a possibility? Well, he, he does have the no-trade clause in his contract, I believe, so he, he should have some say in where he's going to go. That said, I, I think whichever team steps up and says we're going to you know, commit to Jimmy Garoppolo, that's probably where he's going to go. And he, He's entering the last year of his deal, so I imagine he probably wants an extension and a little bit uh, of uh, you know, assurances and, and guarantees that he's going to be there for more, for more than one season. Uh, but I do think that teams are going to want him because, like, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. And, um, you know, that's a big name that's coming off the board. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. We'll see about Russell Wilson. Jimmy G might be a pretty good option for a team that just feels like, it, you know, it's a quarterback away from being competitive. <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious if uh, he went to the Bucks and was part of the succession plan of, of Tom Brady. That would be pretty funny. But, look, I, I think the Houston Texans with Nick Casario – the Carolina Panthers, um, th- there could be several teams, maybe maybe the Colts, maybe the Bears in front of Justin Fields. You know, we'll see. But I think there, the Steelers uh, could be a possibility. So th- I, I think there will be some suitors for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's, the Steelers are interesting, right? They desperately need a quarterback. And I don't know if the answer is is – uh, is out there other than maybe a maybe a maybe a Jimmy G. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I have read that as well. That there seems to be some momentum building up. Tell me what you're hearing out of Green Bay. Well, uh, you know everything Rodgers said towards the end of the year seemed like he and the Packers had kind of buried the hatchet. He, he said his relationship with Brian Gutekunst, the, the GM, that you know was much improved, and, and that was I think the major holdup last year. And then I read that uh, Rodgers stuck around Green Bay for a few days after the season, probably to powwow with his, um, you know, with his bosses and to figure out what the offseason is going to look like because they, they have some salary cap issues and are going to have to make some tough decisions. But uh, I don't know. I, I just think every arrow is pointing towards Rodgers returning and, and the Packers recommitting to him. I, I don't think they need to turn the team over to Jordan Love. He didn't look very good in his, in his one game this year, and Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP again, the whole franchise. So I, I think every arrow is pointing to him returning, uh, and, and I think whatever issues were there last offseason, I think mostly have been resolved. Yeah, I, I had heard that as well, that he did hang around, and that's, that's a, a, a gigantic win. I guess the question is you lose two assistant coaches to the Broncos. Uh, do, you know, does it, do, does it matter? Remember, they have to trade him as well. Like There's, there's more to it that they have to – have to trade him. Um, okay, uh, last last thing before we let you go. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, you got this lawsuit, and then you have the Bengals, right? Um, like, this is incredible. W- what is the league saying about two very different styles of getting to the Super Bowl? You have the Rams, who moved mountains, got rid of draft picks, big names, let's just go for it. You have the Bengals who get the number one overall pick, put a bunch of skill position guys around them. They try and build from within. I think everyone's pointing to the Rams as that's the way maybe you should do it. What about the Bengals? The Rams, to me, are the more controversial roster building, but I love it. I love the fact that they've decided that you know draft picks and first-round picks in today's NFL just in many times aren't worth it, especially when you're picking towards the, the latter half of, of the first round, and they'd rather use those uh, picks to, to get productive players w- with established pedigrees in the NFL. So I think the Rams way of building their team is a little more controversial than what the Bengals did. 
uh, I, I think the Bengals are a story of just a, a shining example of how one quarterback can instantly change a team's fortunes. I mean, two years ago, they were the worst team in the NFL, and now here they are in the Super Bowl. Um, and they, they've had they they had some you know good young players before Joe Burrow, but they needed that quarterback to kind of bring it all together and unlock their potential. So, um, you know, I, I just think the way that the Bengals have made the Super Bowl, it just it encourages the teams like the Dolphins to keep tanking because it shows you just need that quarterback, that one guy to, to kind of bring it all together. And if Zach Taylor and the Bengals can do it, then why can't we do it? So the Bengals, to me, offer hope to, to every team out there that, it uh, just takes that one magical player to, to make it happen. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think the Rams are the more maybe controversial team. And so I like the fact that they're still having success, even though they're bucking conventional wisdom and trading away draft picks and not building the team that way. It's very early and the accusation just came out. What's the likelihood that Ross loses the team? I, I think it's going to be in play. I mean, you know, uh, Brian Flores, they said they have some, some evidence. I mean, that's going to be key. And Hugh Jackson and, and his people are coming out on Twitter and saying we, you know, we, we were told we were paid extra to tank too. So this is ugly, and uh, you know, the NFL better better hope that Congress doesn't get involved, the federal authorities. I mean, we could be talking about match fixing, racketeering, things like that. Um, you know, lawsuits from fans about the authenticity of games. This is ugly stuff. So the NFL wants this to go away as badly as possible. And Stephen Ross, I mean. To me, this guy, you know, has pretty much lost the right to to own an NFL team. I I think the NFL needs to find a way to make him sell and, and move on. But why, why, why do you think he's lost? Wait, wait why, why why do you think he's lost the right to 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 own a team? Well, I mean, his team has just been a disaster. Um, I think ever since uh, he he took ownership, and it's you know one one thing after another. They had the Bullygate scandal, and um. You know, maybe, maybe you know. To me, firing Flores was a really bad look for them. Um, you know, and 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 so bad that now Brian Flores is lawyering up and, and suing the NFL. And uh, to me, I don't know the, the if there's anything to the tanking allegations, then I, I think Ross definitely has to go. The, you know, it's what's the difference between what he's doing and, and what Pete Rose did that got him banned from baseball. You can't have the owner of the team encouraging losses. It just opens the NFL up to so much liability and calls so many things into question. So if there's any validity to it, then I guess that's what I'm saying. And Stephen Ross definitely has to go. Ben Bolin joining us in the Boston Globe. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. All right, Doug. Thanks. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we'd like to get you caught up on something you may have missed from an earlier show in the day. We call it... And now... <laughs> what does the fuck say? This is uh, Dan Patrick talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit. And said, look, we hired the more qualified guy. No, you didn't. Brian Flores has been a successful NFL coach for two years. Brian Dable won seven games. He had ownership that reportedly wanted him to tank games. To me, that's the more qualified candidate. He's been a coach. He was winning games in an organization that didn't want him to win games. That's how much he cared about winning. So you can't say Brian Dable is more qualified than Brian Flores. And I talked to a source this morning. Said I said, what is 
you know, Brian Flores want out of this lawsuit against the NFL. And my source said, he's a guy of principle. You gave me a sham interview. You were never interested in hiring me. And he's probably going to put his, well, his coaching career is going to be on hold. Uh, it may not ever materialize again. You know, owners may be afraid to hire him with what could happen. But if the reports turn out to be true, the lawsuit has potential to shed some light on the dark side of the NFL. And maybe you know, we're going to look back on Brian Flores in 20 years and treat him the way we did Kurt Flood, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, I think Dan is 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 kind of conflating years. They wanted him to tank the first year, right? When everyone knew they were tanking. When, by the way, we thought the Jets were tanking as well, right? Do you, do you remember the year? You're like, man, how did the Jets and, and they won six games in the like the same division, right? Oh, that was maybe that was the year before when Todd Bowles last year there, and there was no way that they were going to be able to compete. They they wanted him to tank so he could get Joe Burrow, which, by the way. They were right. Joe Burrow's better than Tua Tungavailoa. Now, should they have taken Justin Herbert? Probably. But uh, the let's not act like they were trying to lose games this past year. They were trying to lose games three years ago. And, oh, yeah, by the way, bumping into, running into at a yacht, uh, Tom Brady, like when you when you know him, I don't think that's sinister, even if it is illegal right the tampering that we know takes place what does it say uh what does the fox say is brought to you by hustler turf the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero turn lawn mowers to run their business and for us weekend joes hustler turf has a full lineup of residential mowers visit hustlerturf.com to find a dealer near you that's hustlerturf.com today is national signing day wait to hear what lane kiffin said that's next